This is Cindy Legaretta, coming to you from Sky Cave in New Orleans, by way of Anchor. It's Sunday morning, and this is Telescope of Memory. I'm calling this episode, Peeing While Black. Most of you know I live in the Pontalba, which is a designated historic landmark in the French Quarter in New Orleans, built before the Civil War. And our apartment is pretty large. It's certainly huge by our old New York standards. It's uh, close to 1,300, uh, excuse me, 1,200 square feet. And one of the things we have is something called a GE Space Saver Washer. And what that means is it saves space so that the little bin that you put your clothes in to wash is not all that big. So we are faced every couple months with the task of doing laundry, things that are very, very large, like five or six uh, king-size bed sheets. And so we had all this stuff together in bags, and my husband said, I remember a laundromat, and I think we can go out on one of our expeditions, saddle up with old Betsy, which is what we did. So we got our rolls of quarters, and off we went. We had two coverlets, some hoodies, at least eight bed sheets, twin size, double size, and there might have even been a king size there somewhere, um, one of our driving expeditions. And sure enough, we found the laundromat. This laundromat was kind of down at the heels, um, outside of the city proper. There's the French Quarter, which is the city part of New Orleans, and then you have the central business district, and then everything kind of moves out from there. And I wouldn't say they're not really suburbs, but if you drive around New Orleans, you'll get a, a quick tour and you'll get at what I mean. So we had to drive a bit, but we found this place, and it was, as I said, kind of down at the heels. Well, I walked in, and it was pretty busy. There were dryers along the back wall, and there were uh, washers, and there were baskets and a change machine. And on one side was a glass sort of a partition where you could stand there and speak. And there was a woman inside who looked Asian. She had a kind of an Asian appearance. And then uh, she, she was, I, I would guess, the manager. So up on the right side of the wall, printed out on paper, were photographs uh, I will guess, taken from um, closed-circuit TV of a kind of rogues gallery. And these people were all black, by the way. And they were clearly some kind of troublemakers. So I didn't think about that until later. I just looked at it and I went, oh, okay. Took my $20 bill, fed it into the machine because I needed extra quarters. And the next thing I knew, I had quarters falling in my hands a la the old-style Las Vegas. I put everything in, and I looked around because I'm always interested in people, and I'm always trying to see what's up um, and, and who is sharing the room with me. So I saw a youngish man of color wearing a hoodie and a very colorful bandana across his face, which was what he was using for a face mask. And it was very boldly printed and immediately impressed me with the design. I thought, wow, that is really cool. 
And he was taking his stuff out of the washing machine and going to put things in the dryer. And I thought, oh, okay. Didn't think about it at all. Put my stuff in. We had four machines going. Rick went out in the car and sat in Betsy, put the AC and the radio on, and I didn't see him for a while. So as I was coming around, uh, I noticed that this gentleman had put his stuff in the dryer. And we got to talking, because at that point I was in the dryer next to him, and I told him I was a former building super, that I was married to a Katrina survivor, and he told me a little bit about himself. And we just fell into the kinds of conversations that are normal in a laundromat when you're just killing time and you're shooting the shit with someone who seems as agreeable to it as you do. So at one point in the conversation, the guy says, oh, excuse me, and he heads toward the bathroom. The manager by this time has come out of her office and she's down at the other end. She turns around and she sees him and walks over and says in a very loud voice so that other people can hear, only customers can use the bathroom. And I took a beat for a minute and I looked and I said, I, I thought she was kidding. So I thought, let me add a little joke here. I said, no, that's, he's, yeah, he's here. I said, actually, he's my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister. Well, that didn't work. She not only uh, had a limited understanding of what I was saying and no sense of humor, but she was clearly loaded for bear. And then I suddenly remembered those that rogues gallery on the wall. So her attitude about black people is just that, they're here to make trouble. And that's all. And I said, this gentleman was here. He was here when I walked in. I said, now, could you, like, stop? And he went in, went to the bathroom, came back out. By then, she had walked away, was sort of shaking her head. She chose to believe me, all right? A white person spoke up for a black person, which may seem very nice and very noble, except for the fact that he didn't need anyone to speak up for him. So he came out and we talked about this very quietly. By then we were, I, I had pulled some stuff out of the dryer and I said, look, I've got 10 minutes left. Why don't you throw stuff, your stuff in. He said, oh, that's very kind of you. He said, I have taken a new attitude about all this. In the old days, I would have been in her face. But now I don't do that. Now, probably the reason that he, um, for, to his eternal credit, he chose to take that road, the high road, but I also think that there may have been an instance, and we know that it happens, where someone will call the police for no reason. The man was peeing while black. Had I asked the lady about the restroom, she wouldn't have even blinked. But in this case, because of him, she erroneously assumed two or three things 
I'm glad I was there to step up. And while we're at it, I think people should step up. I think if something like this happens and you're not in fear of your life, you probably should say something unless someone's waving a gun in your face and your life is imperiled. You, I mean, there, there are people that will, will actually act in a situation that is that dangerous, and I applaud them for it. But I still think that this didn't need to happen, and I'm very glad it didn't escalate, and I'm also glad that I was there, me and my big mouth, to, to step in. The other thing is, this gentleman shouldn't have needed anyone to champion his right to pee. Those of you who remember that wonderful movie, The Green Book, it talks about just this thing. Black people traveling in the South and they need to use a bathroom or they need to um, buy a sandwich or they want to stay somewhere overnight and how racism rears its head And not only does it rear its head, but it's firmly entrenched. This woman really does have an idea about black people, that they are all troublemakers, that they couldn't possibly be customers. She walked away shaking her head after I told her at least three times that this gentleman, whose name turned out to be Kendrick, he was an absolute doll, and we became total buds. Um... He changed his attitude, probably not just because he's a person of faith, but because common sense tells him that she could very well have called the police, that he was causing a disturbance. I would have stayed and spoken up in his behalf and eventually made the police look like fools, but we didn't it didn't go that far. But it was one of those racist brinksmanship things where you you know that in an instant it can turn and become ugly and that my new friend Kendrick could have been in some kind of trouble, regardless of whether I had stuck around or not, which I would have. So on the way out of the parking lot, he was having a smoke break, and he waved at us. And it was one of those friendly, open, you know, neighbor to neighbor. I guarantee he went home and told his family about that, or maybe his wife or something. And I think that's important. It's important as we carve out some new rules, ground rules, and ways of being with each other. I think it was important what happened. It certainly was important to him, and it sure as shit was important to me. Um, So I want to encourage people, if you see something like this, step up, because it also helps from both points of view that Kendrick saw that I was there for him. And I saw that something had gone wrong and needed to be put right. Well, there we are. I'm glad I was there. Um, I shouldn't have had to do what I did in a perfect world. 
but hey. Best from Sky Cave, come see me on my Facebook page, Cindy Legaretta, just the way it sounds. Y'all step up for one another. It's a whole new world. Love from New Orleans. Bye.